What's good, y'all? What's good, Real Talk Squad? This is Miles, and you're listening to Real Talk of Miles Johnson, where you know we always keep it real. Let's get right into it, man. We have a special episode. Like I say, we always bring heavy hitters. We got Monet Davis on here for Real Talk with MJ. And man, let's give a little like a little intro. You know, y'all, y'all probably already know who she is, but you know, we gotta you know, give her, give her her flowers, man. She's one of two girls who played in the 2014 or played in the, the 2014 Little League World Series and the first girl to win and have a shutout uh in the Little League World Series history. Uh, she's the first little league player to, you know, appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated, as well as, you know, you know, she's a, really like a a trailblazer, you know, for women's sports and, you know, from autographs and from Mike Trout and KD, all these people, you know, tweeting her back at that time. But are, some could argue that she's done more impactful stuff in the community even past that. And so she graduated from. Springside Chestnut Hill uh, for high school, went on to an HBCU. Y'all know I go to Morehouse, so I love, you know, HBCUs and all that. She went to Hampton University in Virginia, and she graduated in 2023, same year as myself, and now she's in New York, like me too, at Columbia pursuing a master's in sports management. So, Monet, welcome. Welcome to Real Talk. It's an honor to have you on, and I definitely want to shout out your Twitch page, money underscore bag mo. But hold up, money two wise bag yeah. underscore mo. So thank you very much for hopping on. No, nah, thanks for having me. I feel like this has been a long time coming. I know we talked about this at the beginning or the end of the summer, um, but no, nah, I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks to you because you came on the Twitch, so had to repay yeah. the favor. But yeah, appreciate it. For sure. No, it was great to be on. And uh, I knew Alex, like, since from Jack and Jill, since, like, we was, like, eight. So, <laughs> you know, it was, and, and Shane, too. So it was, like, he's got the whole gang back just, just talking sports, talking, you know, all of that. So, you know, speaking of sports, uh, a article from the Philadelphia Inquirer, you know, came out, and um, it talked about, you know, your interest and, know your goal to really start a WNBA team in Philly as well as a national women's soccer league in Philly as well so I always knew that you know they even talked about it you know back you know uh, in 2014 around that time that you know your main thing was basketball and I, I went to Friends Central so you know I saw you know Springside Chestnut Hill players a couple of times. So I knew I knew basketball was your thing too. Um, so first, where did soccer come from? And just where did like did your overall you know interest um in you know bringing you know pro women's sports to Philly? Like where did that come from? Yeah, so um I started playing soccer when I was about nine. So I met Alex, I met him when I was seven. We played on the same baseball team, and that baseball team basically the same team transitioned to basketball, transitioned to soccer. So I kind of played with the same group of kids, you know, since I was growing up. And I just always enjoyed soccer. It was a place where you could be aggressive. You could let out your anger. You're just running up and down a field. You know, kids, like at that time, you just love just running, just playing. So uh, that's kind of where my love came from. And then I feel like once the 2015 World Cup came, I started seeing it a lot more on television. I started really getting into it. Started really seeing, you know, the beauty of the game because I felt like I didn't really, you know, I didn't really understand soccer as much when I was playing. But once I started to watch it, I really started to develop that love for it. Um, but mm-hmm. like I said, I have an older brother. Um, I kind of follow what he did. He didn't play soccer, but he played basketball, and I wanted to do exactly what he was doing. Um, so I just would always follow him around. And then once I started getting older, I started to figure out, all right, what do I want to do with life? Like I kind of knew from about 10th grade, I was like, all right, I don't want to be a professional athlete. Like I want to still be around sports, but I'm not sure what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when the idea of being a journalist came out. So I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Like 
I can ask people questions. I can, you know, just talk about sports. That'd be cool. And then I was like, all right, like, that's cool. I got to do that. But like, there's something else that I want to do. Like what's missing? What is it that I want to do? So it just took some time, especially around COVID, just like sitting there thinking about like, all right, I was able to, you know, do some broadcasting. Okay. So like, what else do I want to do? And I just always wanted to have a women's team in the area. I've never been able to, you know, go to these games when I was younger. And I wanted to be able to, you know, bring that to other little girls that are playing as well. So, you know, just having that idea, like, all right, WNBA is expanding. NWSL is expanding. Women's sports in general is expanding globally. So, you know, what's something that I can do to not only just impact, you know, my small community, but the community as a whole, you know, for the city of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. as you know, Philly fans are just, they're, they're Die crazy on. about all their teams. Yep. Yeah. So like, I was like, all right, I feel like this would be a great market for this. Um, you know, although you can have those fans that, you know, aren't into women's sports just yet, but, you know, seeing those guys, seeing those women here playing, you're like, all right, like I can get into this. So I just felt like it was a perfect fit, you know, with, especially with the, how the teams are doing, you know, they've been doing well lately. So mm-hmm. trying to, trying to keep that going. And I began a lot of emails and text messages from people saying like, they love the idea and they're all on board, which is amazing to hear, but you know, there's still a lot more work to, to, you know, put into it. It's a lot of money. So trying to mm-hmm. get those, you know, get in contact with the right people so it could happen, but it's always been a dream just to give back to my community. And I feel like that's my way of giving back. That's what's up. And you brought up a good point about like sports. This isn't a town where like sports isn't big. So, you know, if you have, you know, you know, you know, new teams in basketball, in soccer, like I've been to union games and they go crazy. Like they go Mm -hmm. crazy. So uh, basketball as well. And you and I both know football and even like hockey, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but I know it's a huge, huge fan base there. You know, people baseball too. I, I started mm-hmm. getting to that more with like the Philly success. Uh, so in terms of the realm of women's sports, who would you say is your favorite athlete to watch? You know, we got the, you know, Caitlin Clark's of the world. We got, you know, Simone Biles or Cindy McLaughlin. Uh, we yeah. got so many, uh, you know, who would you say, what would you say is, you know, you know, your favorite athlete, you know, female athlete right now? It's kind of tricky because I feel like all of my, you know, fair athletes growing up, they aren't playing right now. Like Serena Williams, she's, she's retired. Like that's, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, she's just a goat in everything. Like everything that she's accomplished on and off the field. Like she's just, she's my goat really. Um, and then Maya Moore has always been Maya Moore and Skylar Ding Smith have always been my two favorite basketball players. Um, I've always wanted to go to UConn because of Maya Moore. So whenever you know I see you know women's basketball will be on, it'd be college basketball and it'd be UConn. So that was my goal was to to go to UConn. And Maya Moore is just she just dominates, like just yeah. straight dominates. And now she's not playing anymore. So I'm like, all right, like I need to find somebody else. And then my other, um, I'd probably say soccer would be Kristen Press. She played for the national team. She went to Stanford. She played in NWSL. She's still in the NWSL, but she's been hurt. So, you know, a lot of those, you know, well, the the first two, you know, they're done playing. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Press, is she's getting up there in age, so she doesn't have that much left um, years-wise. So it's been kind of tricky, you know, finding new, new favorite players. But like you said, Caitlin Clark just straight dominates. Like, yeah. I – I don't know if we've seen something like this before. Like she just going out there scoring 40 on any given night, averaging mm-hmm. 31 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Like it's just, it's just insane. Like what she's doing. So definitely Caitlin Clark, like you said, Simone Biles, that's also a huge one, especially when the Olympics come around, like you just know she's going to straight dominate and won't care what anybody says. Sydney mm-hmm. McLaughlin being so young and just dominating. I remember, I think it was 2016. Yeah. 2016. I think it was, she was fresh out of high school and she was running. She didn't obviously, you know, she's young. She didn't do as well as she thought, but then seeing her bounce back the next Olympics and seeing her yeah. go crazy, like that's insane. Like what these women are doing is something like we don't, we don't really see. Um, yeah. And it's always exciting. So probably just, just all those that I just named are probably, you know, my new up and coming athletes, you know, they're still young. They're still fresh out, but 
I'm always trying to watch and find new favorite athletes. I love the underdogs. I love the underdog story. So trying to do some digging and figure out, all right, like this person, you know, how many people are talking about her. So let me go mm-hmm. you know, talk about her and give her some hype whenever I can. Yeah. Uh, you speak of that underdog story. Another person that comes to mind specifically with that is, you know, Shakari Richardson, because mm. she was, you know, knocked down and had a low moment. And then now, you know, everyone everyone wants to root for an underdog. So like they seeing her, you know, rise and you know beat the best of the best, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh those Jamaican spinners. So it's like, you know, that's another underdog story too. Um, you know, what made you first get into baseball though? Because you always, you know, interested in you know in basketball. Uh and so did you off the bat just start playing, you know, a variety of sports or like, you know, kind of just what went behind just, you know, playing basketball and soccer, you know, and, you know, and baseball too, I believe you were, you know, playing soccer as like, you know, a midfielder. And then you went to, you know, you were a point guard in basketball and a shortstop and you played pitcher. So like really, uh, you know, is that just all just, you know, something that just happened from the start or how did that come about? Yeah. So when I first started playing like organized sports, I was seven and I was playing football. I was I was in the outfield, my cousin and his friends, because he played on the team, but he played on the older, older team and my age group. So our age group, the team wasn't established just yet. It was mm-hmm. just a bunch of, you know, we weren't old enough just yet. So it was just, you know, a bunch of kids just, you know, Coach C put them together and, you know, they were practicing, getting ready for the spring. And he saw me playing football and he always says how I was throwing 30 yard spirals and like just out there, just tackling the boys. And we knew about the team. He gave me his number. My mom, she didn't want to do it. Cause she's like, I'm not letting my only daughter play with the guys. Like that's not happening yeah. at all. So she wasn't for it. And then I think there was an all girls team. Cause I know they had the Anderson Monarchs, uh, like girls soccer team I think they were practicing one day and I was supposed to go and I ended up crying to uh, my uncle and I was like I don't I can't like I did not want to go I started panicking and just freaking out and I was like I can't go and then I saw coach Steve again and he told me about basketball practice and my mom finally like all right like you can go and I went to basketball practice and I was just supposed to watch the whole practice because they've been they've been practicing for a while now like I'm I'm brand new like this is the first time I'm seeing a lot of these guys so like she was, he was just like, just sit on the side, like you can watch. And they're doing a three-man weave at the age of seven, like have it down packed, which is insane. And then he just was like, he asked me if I wanted to join. And I was like, yeah, like I'll do it. And like picked it up right away. And then right after that practice, told me about baseball practice. So I started going to baseball practice and I was terrible. Like I couldn't hit the ball off the tee. The, The ball is stationary. Like the ball's not moving and I just could not hit it. But I yeah. had some type of hand-eye coordination. So, you know, he saw that and he was like, all right, like, it just takes more practice. Like, this isn't an easy sport. So I just kept practicing. And they put me in the outfield because at that age, nobody's sending the ball to the outfield. So he put me in right field. I was batting, like, 15th on the team. Just, like, I'm just there, really. I'm just there for the yeah. for the vibes. Yeah, just for the vibes. Yeah, and then next thing you know, I just – I hate I hate being the weak link. I hate feeling like I'm the weak link. So I would always just go to practice all the time, go early, um, go on days where we didn't have practice because my aunt lived down the street. So I would just go and just get as much practice as I can, picking my coach's brain. I really started getting into watching baseball more, started learning the game more, started to, you know, better my IQ. And then there was one game where he was like, hey, you want to pitch? And I was like, why not? Like, I'm not touching the ball in the outfield. So I want to get into some type of action and, that first game, the kid hit a bomb off me, the very first batter, and that upset me. And I realized from then, like, all right, I'm never going to let this happen again. And I just kept working, kept getting better. And then that's when he started putting me at third base, shortstop, catcher, pitcher, anywhere he needed. Like, I was I was the go-to person. Like, all right, we need somebody here. All right, Mo, you can go play that position. So I just started out, started out early. I think I was, like, probably eight or nine when I first started pitching. And then once I learned that, that's when everything just kind of flipped and I started to really get better, started to really progress at a lot faster rate than, you know, some of my teammates did. 
And then he just started putting me in different positions and just learning everything because one, I also was the tallest person as well. So I wasn't, I didn't start out as a point guard, but I had the, the mental capabilities to, you know, go from center to point guard, to be calm when needed to not panic. And then that also comes with pitching as well, you know, staying calm, staying mentally in the game and mentally ready at all times that kind of every position that I play kind of all flows into each other being in midfield and soccer, like, you're dictating the pace of the game. The ball comes mm-hmm. through you. So you got to know, you know, what to do, you know, calm the team down, be that leader. So uh, all my, all my positions that I played in every single sport, I was able to, you know, lean back on the other sports and rely on the other sports and everything that I learned from other sports to, you know, better myself and better my teammates in that game. So it was a lot, but at the same time, they all flow together and they all, I play with the same group of guys. So I knew how they played. They knew how I played and, I was just able to just keep going and like actually enjoy the game and enjoy being a kid playing this game and learning the game and really helping my team in any way that I could. And you talked about the pressure that, you know, a pitcher has to go ahead and, you know, get the strikeouts, you know, make plays as well as, you know, a point guard, midfielder as well, but specifically with baseball and you were on, the biggest of stages is there any way that like you know playing on that big stage and the pressure that came with it you know prepared you to you know tackle on you know other opportunities and be like well shoot if if I did that is it might not be as bad as having to get an A on this final exam or you know or get or get through Columbia whatever it is how did those like earlier experiences you know uh, in the Little League World Series help prepare you, you know, further on? For sure. Um, I think the big thing is, you know, things are going to happen, whether they're in your favor or not. Like, obviously, we'd want to win the whole thing, but we weren't able to do that. And it's like, all right, life goes on. So you got to know how to, you know, have that setback, but then also move forward with it. So mm-hmm. I think I want to say states tournament. So a lot of people don't know to make it to the Little League World Series, there's little tournaments that you have to do. So you have to do districts, sectional, states, regionals, and then it's Little League. So you have to go through at least four other tournaments before you get there. And I want to say states is when we didn't have our leadoff hitter, which is Sky. He played catcher for us. He was He's probably one of the smartest baseball players I've ever played with and know. And then we had Jolly, who's also in that category too, like oh, yeah. just – just a great leader overall. So we were without those two. So it was like, all right, like I needed to step up and do extra. Um, and that was, that was able, I was able to, you know, really grow from just that tournament. I had to lead off. I had to catch, I had to pitch, I had to play somewhere else in the field. So I was doing a lot, but that was, that allowed me to, you know, adapt and learn how to adapt and learn how to, you know, all right, here's a challenge that I need to conquer. How am I going to get past it and not just, you know, automatically crumble. So Literally has definitely taught taught me a lot, especially pressure wise. Like I always say the pressure, you know, people always, oh, do you feel pressure? Were you pressured to do this? The only pressure I feel is the pressure I put on myself. And a lot of the time I'm going out there just to, you know, help my teammates out. And I'm like, all right, I need to rely on what I can do. I know what I can do. So go out there and trust my teammates. So mm-hmm. literally has definitely taught me a lot, not just sports wise, but also just life wise, like being that leader, yeah. taking responsibility, being accountable. Um, those are just everything you need to have in the real world. So definitely learned that at a young age and that's definitely helped me and, you know, stay, especially stay in common situations. Like during Little League, you see everybody at the you know stadium watching, but you don't remember how many people are watching on TV. And it's like, all right, if I could stay calm in that situation at 12, I think I can accomplish anything I I want in life. Um, yeah. So that's something, you know, looking back on that, I never realized that I did, but, you know, I was able to look back and, you know, carry that on with me. Yeah. And I feel like sports, the reason why I love to, one, cover sports um, as a sports journalist is because everything kind of connects with whether it's like, you know, pop culture, whether it's, know just life in general I feel like even when I played soccer played since I was five did like travel for Chestnut Hill then for Lower Marion and then for high school I played at Friends Central varsity all four years and so I 
always had that drive, you know, to succeed. Like, even though maybe we slipped the championship game or like stuff didn't go our way, it, it was always like, all right, let me look forward to next season for the off season to, you know, get my workouts in and, you know, get that practice in. And, and then like when I got to college and I didn't have soccer anymore, it was like, all right, so where do I put that same drive to? So then mm-hmm. that just, that just turned to, well, I love sports. I love to talk and write sports journalism. And I know you referenced like COVID, you know, was where you really found, you know, you know that love for, you know, also that sports management side too. Um, and a little bit more than strictly just journalism. Uh, and that was kind of the same for me too, where, that's where Real Talk with MJ started in July 2020. And then it just, that same drive to be like, all right, well, I want to wake up at 6 a.m. To, to to do this workout is the same thing. Of like, well, let me go ahead and wake up early so I can record mm-hmm. this podcast before classes start and I have to edit that. So it kind of, that like same drive. So I feel like sports, it helps prepare you for the real world, even if you, you know, don't go professional or don't go D1, whatever it is, like those same traits, they're going to apply to like, you know, other stuff. Now, when you got to college at Hampton, uh, first, um, what went behind your decision to go to HBCU, go to Hampton? Uh, and how was your experience there? Um, So it's kind of crazy. So I, like I said, I always wanted to do basketball. And I wasn't getting the looks that I wanted in basketball from colleges. Um, not sure what it was. Um, yeah, I could have probably played better during AAU. I've had good moments. I've had bad moments. Um, but I've started to realize, like, I'm not having fun with basketball. And everybody tells you, when you play a sport in college, it's a job. It's a full-time job. Like, you spend – your mornings there, your afternoons there, your nighttime, what you're doing is schoolwork. You still have to go to class. You got to find time to eat. It's a lot. And I was like, I don't want to play a sport in college where I'm not having fun, where I'm not like, I have to be able to look forward to it. And I want to really grow, not just on the field or on the court, but off the field and off the court as well. And so I sprained my ankle junior year going into senior year. And that was the last basketball tournament that I was ever going to play in for AAU so I'm like all right I was just sitting there debating on myself and I was like I want to buy a new glove so random I was like I I want to buy a new glove but then I'm like why am I buying a new glove if I'm not going to be playing this sport for the next four years like it makes no sense Mm -hmm. and then I really started just sit there just thinking to myself like I think I want to play softball like that also goes into the fact that my high school team we weren't winning um, for basketball like it just wasn't fun and then for softball in high school like I had a great team around me a team that all almost every girl has played softball since they were younger so I started to learn from them and started to pick things up from them and so I was like all right I want to do softball I reached out to coaches um, a lot of them already had their 2019 class recruited already signed whatever and then it was between Bethune Cookman and Hampton I took a visit to I went to Hampton's camp early July or no, I'm sorry, early October. And it was cool. It was super hot. I just remember, you know, the, a lot of the players being there, they had media day, some players coming in and out. And I started to like really see how a lot of them really took a lot of the time to talk to me, but there was other recruits there. So I'm like, all right, they're starting, they're showing more love than I would expect. And I looked up, you know, their, um, what pro- or majors that they had. And I was like, all right, I want to do journalism. So let's look up what their journalism program is like. Mm-hmm. And the dean at the time, Dean Plummer, she was like my mom there. And she had, I think she had seven Emmys at the time. And I was like, all right, this is somebody I want to learn from. Um, I wasn't able to take a visit of the campus during that day, but I was able to come back during homecoming. And I let the coach know, I'm like, hey, like, before I make any decisions, like I want to take another visit when, you know, I'm able to see the students outside to see if, you know, I can really see myself here. So I came back during homecoming and as you know, HBCU homecomings, that kind of, 
Yeah, that kind of solidified it. Like, I come early in the morning and they're out there tailgating already. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walk on campus, they're like, you need, you need anything? Da, da, da. Like, just, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I'm like, y'all don't even know me. Y'all are treating me like family already. Like, this is, this is something, this is special. Like, this isn't something mm-hmm. I've ever seen before. I talked with the basketball coach. I really got a tour of campus. Like my mom um, and my stepdad, they let me hang out with the girls for some hours just to walk around. Cause it was like, it's homecoming. Like mm-hmm. go see what it's like, like go hang out with these, you know, your new, maybe teammates, you know, maybe f- new friends, like go hang out with them and, and then we'll catch up later. And I just remember just like, just loving it, just falling in love with it. And I'm like, all right, and y'all have a journalism program. So right after, so that was Saturday, Sundays when I met with the Dean of journalism and she, we sat and talked for hours and she was saying how, you know, all the faculty there, they take care of the students, see, you know, smaller classes. So they really make sure they get mm-hmm. to know who the students are and know what they want to do. She talked about the alumni there. A lot of them have jobs at ESPN, Disney. That was it. That's all I needed to hear. I'm like, all right, you guys get jobs afterwards. That's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. So once that happened, I took some time for myself and I took a visit to Bethune-Cookman. I love the coaches at Bethune-Cookman, but it was some, it was a place where I just couldn't see myself. I was like, I just can't see myself on this campus. Like it just, it didn't fit me. I love Bethune-Cookman though. Shout out to all the HBCUs out there, but it just yeah. wasn't the right fit for me. The their journalism program wasn't what I was like looking for. Uh, but everything else was the the players were great the coaches were great but I was like I just can't see myself here mm-hmm. so I took some time talked to my family and all out of nowhere it was just one day I was like yeah I'm gonna go to Hampton like I think that's the right move um, my friend Sydney Crawford that who I've known since sixth grade she was already at Hampton so I talked to her and she talked about how she loved it and I was like all right yeah that's the one and it also wasn't too far from home it's a five-hour drive so if I ever need anything, I could call my mom. We have family friends down there. If I ever need anything from them, like easy phone call, they'll come pick me up or I could, you know, get dropped off at their place if I need it. So it was definitely, I feel like it was an easy choice, but it was also a hard choice um, because I, you know, you build those relationships with different coaches and it's like, dang, like, how do I tell this coach? Like, I, I'm not coming to that school, mm. but then it's like, at the end of the day, it's my choice. I got to pick what's right for me. And Hampton felt like the, the perfect choice for me. And I I say this all the time. Like, if I were to do it all over again, I would choose Hampton 100%. Like, just yeah. – it was just a time that, you know, although it was cut kind of short because of COVID, I still had the best time there. And then also not playing my senior year, like, I was really able to fully immerse myself in the, you know, the student life and get to know more people, you know, get to interact with, you know, other people that aren't athletes. So – I, I truly did enjoy my time, and I especially during my senior year, because, you know, as you know, senior second semester senior year is it's insane. Like, it's so much fun. And I wasn't able to do that during if I played softball. But my roommate and I, that was my roommate since freshman year. We just, you know, we stuck we stuck with each other throughout the entire time. We made sure we really enjoyed, you know, our experience. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, you know, similarly to how you said, it was down to two HBCUs. Same for me. It was Morehouse and Howard, and I wanted to play soccer at, you know, in college, but I wasn't. I wanted to play soccer, but I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to play it so bad that I would be at some D three school in the middle of nowhere, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be enjoying the experience. So I was like, if I can go to HBCU and play soccer. Oh yeah, that's like a win-win. So Howard was like my number one, uh, and then the thing what happened was uh, they had this like camp that they had where they're looking out for you know talent, and I wanted to go, but the problem was it was the same day as the SAT. Now I mm. took the SAT two times prior uh, to that, but my score just it wasn't you know what you know it, it it wasn't good so i am in my head i was like well i'm not really good at standardized tests what's the point of me taking the third time my parents was like boy you're gonna take this third <laughs> sat and we're gonna roll the dice and you know and see how you do so i i, I ended up going ahead and you know having to take that sat and after that i was like all right probably you know soccer probably has to end but then when I went to visit Morehouse for 
at Mid Student Weekend, was there, and a lot of guys from back home in Philly, you know, went to Morehouse. So like, uh, they're telling me, bro, you gotta be here, you gotta be here, and then, you know, really just when I got that call, it was it wasn't it was any place that you know I I would rather be. And your home homecoming, yeah. you homecoming, you talked about it like it's different. You got the tailgate, then you got, you know. Uh, for me, I'm Greek, so you got the step shows, you got the fashion show, you got you have the, the, everything. the concert, everything. <laughs> everything. It's just a week full of activities. Like, you can't. And, like, that's why, I, like, that was the difference with coming here. Like, although, yeah, my high school is predominantly white, but, like, I spent four years at an HBC where I'm looking at people that look like the both of us every single day. Mm-hmm. And then it's homecoming week. You're expecting, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be lit. We're going to have something to do every week. But then you come here, and it's like, all right, is it really homecoming week or is it just another weekend yeah. where they just call it homecoming? Like, it, right. it wasn't the same. Like, I was like, this doesn't hit the same. So I ended up going to Dell State's homecoming this, this year, too, and I was like, all right, see – I could do that. Like just going to different homecomings, seeing the different vibes. And it was, I definitely enjoyed it. But just like you said, like Howard was on my list too. Like I wanted to go to Howard as well, but at the time they didn't have a softball coach. And by the time they got a softball coach, I was already committed to Hampton. Mm -hmm. And the coach called me and she was like, Hey, like, you know, I I saw the email you sent, you know, they've been in the process of a new coach on the new coach. And it was a lot, but I was like, dang, like, that would have been nice to go to Howard. I know so many people that went to Howard. Some of my best friends went to Howard. And it's like, dang, mm-hmm. like, could have been. Mm-hmm. But things happen for a reason. So I wasn't That's able to go. Reason. But I, I give – I love Howard. Like, all my people that go there, I do want to mm-hmm. go to Howard and, you know, experience their homecoming as well. It's it's the mecca, like Same. they call it. So Same. I want to, too, because Morehouse has played them a couple – like, in football. And so – we ended up like going there like this past fall. I went there with some of my alarm brothers and stuff. So it was a great time. But I'm trying to go to a homecoming like in my early 20s because I know like once <laughs> I get like late mid 20s, late 20s, like it's going to be real, real life. Like I feel like mm-hmm. now since we're in school, it's like I can get like, a little me, break. Like, you get a little break. Even like now, like it's winter break. You know, we can like chill. I feel like this is the most chill I'm going to be. Before mm-hmm. like school starts, then you got internships, whatever it is in the summertime, and then yeah, for my program, I got gra- I graduate in um December twenty twenty four. I'm pretty okay. sure like you know your program gets rigorous. I would like to talk about that jump from an HBCU to a PWI. You know, you went from Hampton to Columbia. Um, similarly, I went from Morehouse to. NYU so we're both in New York and I feel like there's although HBCUs are on the rise and you know especially after the um you know affirmative action and all that I think we'll see more people you know that look like us going to HBCUs but I still feel like there's that stigma that do HBCUs really prepare you for the real world or prepare Mm -hmm. you for you know to put you in good positions you know you know, after it, like, and I feel like you, if you go to HBCU, you get the best of both worlds. You get a good education, but then you also, you know, have that experience with people that look like you. Um, and it helped me, you know, take that, have that transition from, you know, to be in like, to be at a PWI now at a high level. So you're at the Ivy league level and, you know, doing sports management. So like, how has your HBCU just, you know, prepared you for, you know, that grad school life? Yeah. Um, I would, I'm just going to say, like, just putting it out there, Hampton has taught me not just, you know, what to do in the classroom, but just to know my worth in general. Like, knowing that I belong in places, knowing that I was here for a reason, so I deserve to be here. Those are two things that Hampton has really taught me. And I thought, you know, going to, I'm like, all right, my high school was predominantly white. Like, I shouldn't, I'm not going to have a problem with going to Columbia. Like, it's nothing new. But once you step in that classroom and you realize, like, there's not many people that look like me. There's probably one other black woman, black male in my classes. Like, all right, like, this is a a little different. Like, you kind of start to, 
you know, fall back into your shell a little bit. You're not as, you know, open to, to presenting, to raising your hand, to speaking mm -hmm. in class, or just participating. Like it's, it's a, it's an internal thing. You start to feel, they call it imposter syndrome. Like you start to feel a little bit of that, but then, you know, thinking back to Hamden, it's like, all right, they taught me I deserve to be here. Like I'm here for a reason. Like out of all the applicants, they chose me to be here. So I'm not going to let, you know, just not being, being the only black woman, being one of the only black women in my class, I'm not going to let that stop me from, you know, furthering my education. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, was an easy transition. Um, like coming here, you know, Hampton during the dorms, I had the same roommate and, you know, their dorms, you kind of, I could literally reach my arm out and touch my roommate. Like that's how close Hampton yeah. dorms were. <laughs> but here it's like, all right, I have my own room. I have my own kitchen, just own apartment. Like I'm truly living by myself. And I'm in this huge city. Like that's a lot to yeah. just kind of process. And so I had that on top of, you know, just the, just the workload that's that Columbia just provides. Like I had four classes and I had stuff due every week. I had four case briefs for law and ethics. I had a group project and also a quiz for marketing. I had a whole finance uh, assignment to do. I had readings to do for my foundations class. Like there's a lot. And it's like, all right, like I got to be able to do all of this. Also making the transition to living by myself in New York to also just adapting to the new lifestyle that I'm in. Like mm -hmm. I feel like Hampton, I was able to just like get my work done right then and there and then move on. And all the classes kind of went together. But here it's like, all right, yeah. I got all this work. Like I got to really buckle down. You got to do it though. You really got to do it. Like, like I look coming into it. I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this. Like I'll have a couple missed assignments, but then once you find your groove, you're like, all right, like this actually isn't that bad. Like yeah. it's actually, you're, it's kind of, you put yourself in a cycle and I would always take Thursday off. Like I'm like, all right, I don't have classes on Thursday. Yeah. Let's take a breather Thursday and this at least start something Friday, do Saturday, Sunday. And like, if I need to, I can work on some stuff, you know, early Monday in the day, cause I have late classes. So it was, it was definitely a challenge that like, it was, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it, but mm -hmm. I had to think back like, all right, like I was prepared for this. Like I'm here for a reason. I'm in this position for a reason. Like I can do it. And don't get me wrong. Like the work is hard. It's hard. It's not easy work, but yeah. it's, I signed up for this. So I'm like, all right, if, I signed up. I know what I can do. And I took the harder classes first semester too, which probably wasn't the smartest idea. But now right. I'm looking back. I'm like, it's over it's now. out the way now. Right. I'm like, it's over now. I didn't look at my grades once once that last final was done. I didn't open Canvas. Mm -hmm. I didn't look at my grades or anything. I'm like, all right, it's time for the next semester. Got to get ready for, because I'm done in... I'm done in August and I'll be able to walk in May. So I'm like, all right, I got to be prepared for of August 2020 uh, this year of this year. Yeah. It's only a year of program. So I'm like, I got to, got to look forward. can't be th dwelling on the past, but I'm actually glad I took those hard classes and got those out the way because I hated finance. I was not good at finance. So now mm -hmm. I know I will not take finance and just move on with life and go from there. But it was definitely a hard transition, but I think Hampton definitely prepared me for how to, how to, you know, Get myself through it yeah and similarly with myself you gotta find your groove you know mm -hmm. uh I don't, I don't know how it is at columbia but how it is at nyu i'll have class i would have class on tuesday thursday and friday so monday and wednesday would be like three days i don't have class uh so I would normally like just get knocking, knock out all my work on either Monday and or Tuesday. And I had to take off like one of those days, you know, or the weekend. I just take off like a, really like Sunday is my day where I just I watch football and I'm just chilling. Like, don't talk to me <laughs> that day, especially if the Eagles playing. But <laughs> but now now they piss me off so much. It's like now y'all making me. I gotta turn the TV off because y'all. Yeah. 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 Y'all go crazy. So, uh, but you know, I definitely gotta find your groove. And you said something earlier about, you know, not being a weak link on your, you know, on your team. You know, whether it was in soccer or you know basketball, uh, or when you first started off, you know, in baseball, and you weren't as good. And you were like, all right, I don't want to be the weak link anymore. Um, 
that's how I felt at grad school. It's like you're surrounded by everybody who's on their game. So it's mm -hmm. naturally going to bring your level higher because you're like, if I have, you know, these classmates are doing great things, I can be the person who, you know, the teacher calls on them in class and they don't, they ain't, they didn't read the case briefing or they ain't read the article. It's like mm -hmm. you, you're naturally going to raise your level, but not only raise your, your level, but also, you know, want to have that edge over them still, you know, and that kind of goes back to that, that sports thing, you know, too. So that's what's up. How you like uh, New York life? And after that, we'll get into some uh, sports topics. You know, I definitely want to talk some basketball and, these eagles too but how is life in new york i know you just moved to you know a new city you know back in august uh 2023 how you like new york it's it's actually fun um i feel like there's always something open to eat i feel like i eat at the most random times so like it's yeah. always i can always find something to eat but it's it's definitely it's it's a lot of fun you know especially with i kind of had the apartment to myself so like i've really just been doing whatever like I started streaming like I was just yeah. doing whatever I want but as far as like going into the city like I've started to use the train a lot more that like I'm actually comfortable with using the train like I took the train from here all the way to Brooklyn like by myself um and I never thought I would do that but I've you know I found my core group which is the HBCU fellows I found you know once I started to get comfortable around them you know, having them to, you know, relate to and rely on to help me get through it. You know, I'm able to help them get through it as well. Once I found them and we started to really get close that and just made this experience like 10 times better. I feel like they go out all the time. Like we yeah. went out so much. And although I'm not a huge person of going out, but like I went out a good amount of time with them. And it's not like we go out at like 8.30, come back at like 12. No, like we go out at like 11 and wouldn't be back till like yeah. 4 or 5 in the morning. It's like, <laughs> all right, like what is happening? But I I definitely love it. And I know I'm going to love it in the summer as well because I didn't really get the experience this summer. But it's okay. been it's been good. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've always loved the city of New York. And it's it's been something that I've always dreamed of is just living out here. And now having the ability to live out here and not be able to pay for rent, like, it's it's amazing. Like I, I can't. You're a, think. you're a HBCU fellow. Fellow. Yep. So how many how how many do they have? I want to say there's about probably like eighteen of us, maybe. Okay. Or it might be a little less. It's somewhere around that because we had so the grade that would be above us. They some of them were in were here in the fall as well. So there was a good like a good amount of us. And like they were, we were able to rely on them, ask them questions. And I had a friend from Hampton that I've known since junior year that was here as well. So, you know, having that kind of familiar face and also someone that worked on our Sabre Sports show with us, she's here as well. So like, it was, it was nice to have people that I'm, that I've known already also here, but I've enjoyed it. And I, yeah. I know for sure, I'm definitely going to enjoy the, this semester, the spring and the summer as well. Last thing, could you tell the people just what made you start your Twitch page and, you know, just shout out just like just the work that, you know, you and you and Alex do. Yeah. Um. So I've always wanted to to start, you know, Twitch or YouTube just because I feel like I've done so many interesting things in my life that, you know, I feel like it's kind of motivation to other people. Um. Like I'm a, a young woman from South Philly that played on an all boys scene. Like you don't really hear that. And I was able to do things that I never thought I could imagine, go to places I never thought I could imagine. So I've always wanted to kind of start YouTube or streaming just because I feel like, I feel like I have so much to offer. And just by being on, you know, doing interviews, like that's not really going to show my personality. So this is a way for me to, you know, get out of my comfort zone, show my personality, do different things that I, you know, I've always wanted to try. And, you know, I, I talked to Alex and I was like, look, I want to do, I want to stream. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not sure what I want to stream, but like, I want to stream. And I just remember every time I'm with Alex, we'd be talking about sports. And if you know Alex, you know, he's a character. Yeah. And I was telling him like, listen, like, I'm like, we're like, we're going to stream this day. And I was like, I want you to just be yourself and bring the energy. And he dresses up in suits and ties, like <laughs> cowboy hats or whatever he can find. Like he'll do something crazy. But I just wanted to, you know, 
I love putting, you know, my people on. And I'm like, I want somebody that I know who's going to work hard. Alex has a YouTube channel already. He has 600 plus subscribers. Like, I know he's going to, you know, be locked in when the time's needed. Um, and he has that. He has that personality. Like, a lot of people, when they're watching, they're like, oh, he reminds me of Stephen A. But I'm like, no, like, <laughs> this is Alex. Like, Alex has been this way since we were younger. So I just, just wanted to try something new. Um, that was a goal of mine was to either start YouTube or streaming, you know, before the year was up and I started streaming and we've been having some success. We've been, we had two guests on, we had um, CJ Gardner Johnson on today. We had Alicia Ocasio, who's a professional softball player. So we've been having some success and we've been growing, you know, faster than any other, you know, starting, started streamer, starting streamer has done. So, you know, it's just always just going above and beyond and, you know, doing some more. Like I said, I, I love, you know, sports journalism. So yeah. this is a way to do it, but do it on a different platform. And, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot more, you know, of these sports, you know, sports talk shows shift to streaming services. So, um, it was just a way just to start it out. I know on Twitch, you know, you don't really see too many, you know, people talking about sports on there and it's the perfect mm -hmm. place to do it, you know, especially with Amazon, you know, having the Thursday night football games. So, you know, it's kind of going from there and just trying new things out. And, you know, I always just have like, I, I've always just wanted to try it out and I'm just like, why not try it? And what could possibly be, you know, like I can't, I can't do no wrong on here. So yeah. we've been having a lot of success and, it's been very fun and we try to set goals. So once we hit like a certain amount of followers, all right, we're going to have this guest on, or if we had a certain amount of subs, are we going to have this guest on and, you know, just keep building from there and getting better. And how can we improve from, you know, each day? Like we only stream twice a week right now. So we're trying to add an extra day and add, you know, maybe some Fortnite in or, you know, just something else mm -hmm. to show more personality and show what else we can do. So it's just really just going off a of feel and just, putting ourselves out there and just having fun and just talking sports with, you know, one of my best friends that I've known for more than half my life. Yeah. That's what's up. Uh, like you said, just, you know, going back in your journalism bag of your degree in undergrad too. So that's pretty cool. I definitely appreciate you for hopping on. And I wanted to just um, ask this last question. That's about like motivation um you know people that's listening and you know you're somebody that I feel like is very humble like in everything you you do you know you've done a lot of big stuff and you know but you've always stayed humble and stayed grounded so you know what has really helped you stay humble stayed you know level-headed you know even when everybody's saying congratulations you're so great you know but staying humble and realizing, oh, I still have more goals, you know. You know, I, I was the first to do this and this at a young age, but, you know, I want to, you know, do more more for myself. And I want to do more for my community, more for my city, uh, more in sports specifically. So uh, how have you stayed humble, stayed, you know, level-headed, you know, even when people have, you know, showered you with love? Yeah, uh, probably just my family, you know, the support system I've had, my teammates, coaches, you know, all those people that have helped me get to, you know, the point that I'm at. So always kind of look at it as I have to pay them back, but also I need to pay my younger self back somehow. Like what, what I set these goals. All right. How can I achieve these goals? Because that'll make, you know, the inner child in me, you know, aesthetic that oh, I was able to do this. And I was able to look back and on my journey journey and just like, wow, like I, I said this, I spoke it into existence now, like I actually was able to do it. So mm -hmm. I've always been a person that, you know, just never satisfied. Um, you know, I appreciate all the support and all the love that people give me. I try to, you know, repost and text back to people at all times. Um, but I know there's so much more that I want to accomplish and so much more that I want to give back, you know, to my city um and not just to my city but to my family to my siblings like I want to make sure that you know once we're older like we're we're on a different path and we know that there's different things in life that we can achieve by just working hard and you know putting your mind to it um so I've always been a person that you know I'm looking forward to all right I've accomplished this all right what's the next big step that I can take um so you know 
people will tell you like wanting to own a team and bring a team to a city like that's that's hard to do like that's mm-hmm. it's a like we said before it's a lot of money that goes into that and you know i i know it's hard i don't just have 70 million dollars laying around to bring an nwsl <laughs> yeah. team here like i don't have that but i have the resources that i'm learning at columbia i have the resources from people that i've met along the way that can help me get to that point um so just really just my family has helped me you know stay grounded my teammates coaches they've helped me stay grounded and just i probably probably my you know my my parents like you know making sure you know they raised me to be this person that i am they raised me to be you know yeah like i've done so much but like that's not that's not it like i have a bigger purpose and my baseball coach he always said this he's like i never want you to you know i never want 13 to be the peak of your life Mm. and once he said that i was like all right like i i need to i need to keep going like i can't stop now like that's like it's tough it's tough to hear like it was tough to hear he was like i don't want you to be you know someone on the corner you know trying to hold up like holding a magazine up he's like hey this is me like i need some help like he's like i don't want you to be like that like i'm gonna help you in as many ways as as i can and you know he's done that ever since he said that since i was first met him and so that's been like the motivation, like, all right, this isn't the peak of my life. Like I still have so much more to go. So it's like, all right, keep working towards it. Don't stop. Like I'm not going to be satisfied until I'm able to, you know, buy a house somewhere, just relax and kicking my feet up and not have to worry about anything, make sure my family's straight. So it's all about just thinking about, you know, the next step and think about that goal that I set when I was younger and how can I get to that goal and how can I go above and beyond that goal? So right now the goal is to basically just, once I finish school is to, all right, what's the next steps to bring in a team to Philly? So that's where I'm at right now. For sure. Well, that's what's, uh, that's, I like that. Cool. Like, don't, you know, don't be like, don't stay, you know, at your highest moment at really like 13. Like, you know, it's so much more to do. That's that's mm-hmm. what's up. Um, but well, Natalie, appreciate you for hopping on real talk. And you know, I know this this episode is gonna be great. You know, we talked about HBCUs and sports and uh you know, sports management, Columbia, New York, all of that. So it's gonna be a great episode and appreciate all y'all for watching. Share, subscribe, like, comment, you know, share this with a friend. And then also, you know, show Monet some love, man. Follow, you know, her on Twitch, moneyback underscore mo. That's two Y's. And any last words you have to say before we hop off? No, I appreciate you you doing this. Um, We'll definitely have to get you back on the, the stream again because I know Alex has Let's some words it. for some Eagle fans. So we'll have to get you Let's back on the stream, especially when football season, you know, kind of dies out a little bit everything's mm-hmm. a little bit more calmer you know mental health is back in in the you know the right state of mind but yeah. not for sure i appreciate you doing this um i can't wait to you know see you go up i'll see you at the top yeah you know, we, well, got we definitely a got a link go. in uh in new york too for sure for sure you and oh we'll talk about that yeah we'll talk about yeah that. yeah for sure. <laughs> for sure well all right y'all it's real talk of miles johnson featuring monet davis for a special special episode Love y'all. Y'all know we always keep it real. Peace.